Hey everybody, Magnus here. What you're about to hear is a show that wasn't really intended to be a show, but nevertheless became a show. What happened is, earlier this week, I joined forces with Scott Gardner and Chris Honeywell from Two True Freaks, which you can find at www.twotruefreaks.com. And before we recorded what we intended to record, Scott and I fell bass-ackwards into a conversation about Superman. I guess this is what happens when you get a couple of Superman fans uh, into a conversation like this. But anyway, I thought it'd fit in nicely with my subject matter of late, so with permission from Chris and Scott, I'm releasing this as a sort of interlude in my Superman Begins miniseries. Bear in mind, this doesn't have the normal type of structure to it that a that that any a show from anybody's podcast might have because again this was a sort of hot mic conversation so just keep that in mind now as to what we actually recorded today keep your ears peeled for that coming in december hey your attention please this is a piece of art his Kryptonian biological makeup is enhanced by Earth's yellow sun. Dr. Doom wears body armor to conceal his own mangled form. Worst episode ever. Why? Who shot first? Yeah. Who gives a shit? It's what's called super nerd nitpicking over something that's not really that important. the same way yeah they're getting to be but i want to say it was like a week ago or no i guess it was more than i guess it was like a couple of weeks ago right some fucking prick basically alerted the zuckerberg mafia that i'm using a fake name on uh, facebook right so that's why it had my name had to change i had to add an, an extra s at the end of each word because you know this dumb son of a bitch anyway so yeah, the thing is, the, the, the working against the dumb son, son of a bitch is nobody at Facebook even fucking bothered to really look at it. They just it just set off a you know automatic thing that you can you know respond to. Scott Gardner, are you there? I am here. Hey, what's up? <laughs> you did the equivalent of just like walking in a room and standing there. <laughs> You guys were talking. <laughs> I didn't even know that you were on here. How, how, how you doing, Scott? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, hey, like, I just want to thank you both for uh, joining in today. So, hey, congratulations on an excellent show, man. 
Uh, thank you. You guys have kind of been an inspiration and in all of that, so thank you. Oh, stop it. <laughs> but it is, it is the rare show that, that comes right out of the gate where you're like, holy shit, this show is great. Because most shows are like, eh, you know, it, you know, it, give them, I'll listen for a while. It'll get better. But no, I mean, you came right out. I mean, you hit the ground running, man. The, the shows are great. Listen, you hit really the ground punching. What's funny, too, is that, you know, you had a lot working against you for me with the first episode because your first one was the Smallville defense one. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, talk all you want. You know, you're not going to sway me, which you didn't. But I still enjoyed the show very much. So. <laughs> well, um, I, I figured something like that. You know, th there's a there's a group of people uh, that Scott Gardner is not in that basically would take every single opportunity to, to bash on it with, for flaws that, in my opinion, it doesn't have. And then there, there's the more Scott Gardner-oriented group that, for whatever reason, just didn't like the show. But it's not like you sit there cruising around the internet all day, posting on different forums. Man, this show fucking sucks, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, it just felt like you kind of dismissed it. You didn't like it, and so you just didn't think about it again after that. Whereas Exactly. See, for me, I, I put that show and Lois and Clark in the same category, which was I watched a good number of episodes and eventually came to the conclusion that mm, I not don't think it's going to get any better and it's not really for me. And I just kind of walked away from it and, and largely ignored it. Although I did come back a couple of times because there was the one where they had the Justice Society in it and I had to see that. And I actually enjoyed it quite a bit, except for the Superman parts. You know, it was like if that had been like a standalone Justice Society movie, pretty fucking cool. Right. But when they brought him in and he was wearing the, the, the Matrix outfit and all that, I'm like, what What the hell is – I mean, I just didn't know what was going on with his story. Mm -hmm. I almost wish he hadn't even been in the episode, you know? No, I, no, I, I, I can understand that. I understand that. So, um, well, all the same. So uh, it's – there, it's just that was actually sort of pointed at a, a particular group and it didn't – I'm glad you didn't take any of that personally because um, it, it it wasn't intended to be. So very No, good. what I took personally was, was when <laughs> what you said about uh, Donner and, and that he was like justifiably canned. I'm like – Oh, I, I, I stand by that, I, yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. I mean, I disagree, but well, I mean, I, I see your point though is that yes, you know, if you or I shit-talked our boss – and got canned, there's not a lot we could come back crying later going, well, they fired me. I, I see that point, but at the same rate, I mean, you know, Richard Donner, when it comes to Superman the movie anyway, something of a minor deity in my eyes, because <laughs> I think, you know, he, he saved that, that film and quite possibly the character, you know, by his choices that he made with that movie. So... I give Richard Donner a big fat pass on a lot of shit in life because of what he did with that movie. But and well, then uh, all those Scott, hookers he killed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. It's well, all right. then uh, Scott, can you do me a favor? What's that? I've got an episode coming. Let's see. Yeah, it's called uh, What Mag? Or yeah, sorry, Magnus remembers uh, Superman Returns. So uh, can you do me a favor? What's that? Don't listen to that episode. Uh oh. <laughs> Right, what's up with that one? Oh, it's basically uh, I. Uh, it, this is all kind of it's all part of my Superman Begins like miniseries that I that I'm uh, going through or was going through, 
And, um, you know, if you're going to – this is all part of the lead up to Man of Steel coming out on Blu-ray, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I've got two little interludes. Uh, the first – Lucy, shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, fuck me. All right, come here. Come here, stupid. I swear. All right. <clears throat> Sorry about that. It's the dog. Um, so – Anyway, uh, but the first part of all that, right? These little breaks I'm taking uh, in the super, like Superman Begins interlude. Uh, one of them is Magnus remembers Superman Returns, and um, to me, that movie from beginning to end was such a colossal fucking disappointment. Um, I felt like I felt like I'd been mugged actually by the time it was all over. And let uh, me ask you something. Well, I was going to say that doesn't sound Scott Gardner unfriendly. Maybe maybe I'm remembering this wrong. So you you can correct me. There was somebody on the forum a while back that I kept going around with about Superman, the movie and, and basically the, the Donner Superman films. Right. And I kept thinking it was. But maybe it was me and you. I can't remember. Um, Do you remember? Well, you I was never a member of, of the forum. So, okay, um, so maybe it was. But there was somebody on the forum that was constantly like, you know, the big problem with, you know, because they, they took exception to the fact that I can't stand the new Superman, whether it's the new comic book one or the new the Man of Steel. Super. I just don't. Yeah, I think it was. And and really took me to task that, you know, you know, what your fucking problem is, you know, you're too slavish to. Uh, you know, the Donner Superman, and, you know, that was what was wrong with Superman Returns. It was too slavish. And I'm like, the what the fuck are you same. talking about? Because I think the problem with Superman Returns was Brian Singer, not Richard Donner, because everybody looks at that movie and says, oh, it's just too slavish. To It's like, no, it's not slavish enough. It's like he looked at that movie, and in, in my opinion, he looked at Superman 1 and 2 and fucking massively misinterpreted something somewhere. You know, the whole stupid thing with the crystals growing cities and shit. And I'm like, what the hell movie did you watch, dude? Because I didn't gather any of that shit from those movies, and I've seen them a million times. So so I don't know where I was going with that, other than if that's the angle you're taking, I'm not... I don't know. Well, the... uh, What I... I, I guess the uh, the the takeaway uh, sort of nugget from that episode was going to be that um, Superman Returns was basically proof that the Donner Superman really, or actually maybe specific Superman the movie, is not quite the icon that its admirers would have us believe. Now there are iconic elements to it, i.e., Christopher Reeve and the the Williams main theme, but anything really too much apart from that, you. T- to attempt to, I guess, continue that franchise uh, in, in 2006, when most people under the age of 30, theoretically that movie's core audience, haven't seen it, it's it, it's just sort of – I'm trying it to think about it. It's a I bad thought. fucking idea. Put it that yeah. way. And, uh, I don't, so I don't so much- disagree with you. I don't disagree with you other than – there seems to be a new, you know, you were talking about movements there with with Smallville and everything. There seems to be a new movement going on that so, feels to me like it's gathering steam mm-hmm. to go back and look at Superman one and two mm-hmm. and start really bashing on them and, and picking them apart and trying to expose all the all the flaws and everything. And you know, it, it bugs me a lot because 
I mean, I won't argue that the movies have aged. I mean, every movie does, you know, mm-hmm. and in this movie, you know, those movies were clearly entrenched in the times that they were set in. They were supposed to be contemporary films of that time. Right. I like that about them. And you can't help that, you know, things age and things change. But at the same rate, I don't think they've aged badly. It's just we've moved on culturally. But I look back at those movies and I don't look at them and I don't cringe and I don't go, oh, God, that's horrible. I just look back at it and go, eh, it's a product of his time that holds up pretty fucking well today. And I think that Brian Singer's attempt with Superman Returns kind of put some stink on those two movies mm. and they don't deserve it because they're detached from all that shit that was Superman Returns. You know what I mean? Oh, and, and, and so I, 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 that bugs me that people look back now on those two. And, I, and I've, you know, you're hardly the first person I've heard, you know, looking back on them now and, and pointing something out about them. I mean, I myself have my problems with both movies, particularly the second one, because of its goofier elements with the cellophane s and all that shit. But still, I you know I will still defend the two of them, especially the first movie. As I, I still to this day, with all the awesome movies we've gotten, you know, uh, Avengers and X Men First Class and all these great films, I still think Superman the movie is better than any of them. I, I still hold it up higher because. Superman, by his very nature and the way he was handled in that movie, other heroes just can't do that. They can't be epic like that. You know, I mean, Avengers was a great, great movie. But, I mean, if you try to come into it the same way we come into Superman the movie, people would be checking their watches going, what is this fucking pretentious shit? Whereas Superman... He can be a little pretentious because he's a fucking icon. It, so it's it's a, a whole different thing. That movie is elevated into, you know, a whole different realm. It's it's a motion picture as opposed to a popcorn muncher. And I like that about that movie. And I don't think any other hero, any other comic book property has that ability to to be an epic motion picture the way Superman the movie was. And I wish that they had done that again with Man of Steel. And instead they did, you know, whatever the fuck they did with that thing, which is a shame. And Superman Returns, for all the things it got right, one of the things I thought that it got colossally wrong was that it didn't attempt to recapture that feeling either. Instead, it just went the popcorn muncher route with a lame ass story that they thought people wouldn't pay attention to or something, but too many people did. Too many people, like me, people looked at the story and said, you know your timeline's fucked, right? You know none of this actually adds up, right? And so that's what undid that movie right before, you know, I mean, right in the opening credit sequence, I think they undid the movie right there. They should have, he should have just picked it up and just ran forward as if, you know, no time had passed rather than trying to fudge some stupid timeline thing and, and yeah, make it yeah, all people, fit. People just go with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, I, you know, I, I don't want to be, you know, part of the movement that go, that, that comes around and um, basically tears apart. Let's face it. These the, those the first two uh, Superman movies especially are they're sort of classics um, among geeks at this point. And so on the one hand, I don't want to run them down and, and go all hard on them and everything. But I, on the other hand, it kind of feels to me, and damned if I can tell you when it happened, but there came a point in uh, among fans where 
those movies stopped being, you know, one guy's interpretation of this character and it sort of became Superman's official fucking gospel. And I think you can draw a pretty straight line between that type of mentality and the kind of shit that we saw with uh, Superman's Secret Origin where it was in, in some ways maybe kind of appropriate that Gary Frankenstein drew that because – it, it was sort of like watching zombies from that movie. It was like you know, it was like yeah. somebody. Uh, anyway, and and so all I, if I could have my absolute druthers, I would like to. I, I would like it if everyone could just be sort of objective about it. Be sort of unbiased, you know. It's and realize that maybe Lois and Clark may not be your thing, but there is somebody out there. I'm actually dating one that that's Superman to her. And there's room, I guess, for everybody, but it just kind of feels like there, there was a point when a double standard came to be introduced where flaws that any, that any story has, the Donner films were sort of exempted from, while things like Smallville and Superman 3 and basically anything not Donner was absolutely crucified for. When push comes to shove, they both have the same basic flaws – some in, in some cases the exact same flaws, but one of those gets a free pass, and the other one doesn't. And, and I'm sorry, I just felt I, I just feel like that's two faced. I, you know, there's no there's no need to have a double standard. One will do just nicely. I can see that. I can definitely see that. I you know the only thing I can think is the the reason that it happened, and this is just my guess, mm-hmm. but it's you know you, you look at certain. Um, classic stories that are out there and there's certain versions of them that you know for good or for ill became the version you know so you look at like say disney's snow white or you know mgm's wizard of oz and that's the ones that are stuck in the collective conscious and not even very faithful to the original stories, but those are the ones that stuck. And so when people, you know, you mentioned Snow White or Wizard of Oz to most people, immediately those are the versions that they're going to think of. And I think somewhere along the line, that's what happened with Superman. You act, you mentioned Superman to Man in the Street, and they think Chris Reeve. And so I, I can kind of see how that happened. And, you know, I, I myself can't decide if I think it's a good thing or a bad thing, because... If that was going to happen, I'd rather it had happened when the movie was actually out and relevant because that's when I was getting into comics. So I waited, you know, for the comics to kind of catch up with the movie version of Superman. When I was a kid, I didn't mind that sort of thing so much. Mm-hmm. And I was greatly disappointed that the Superman that was in the comics really was not the one on the big screen at all. You know, it was still the the classic Kurt Swan era and that was an era of Kurt Swan where he was kind of at the end of his career and not delivering his best stuff and so I was really disappointed in that and then eventually they rebooted him you know and and Byrne did his thing and I liked Byrne you know to me as much as I love Superman the movie and Superman 2 those still aren't really my Superman necessarily my Superman really is the Byrne one because it was more of an amalgamation of yeah those movies but also kind of pulled pieces from every incarnation of Superman. And that's why I loved that version and wish that that was the one that was still out there today, because 
he was what everybody keeps asking for, you know, an amalgamation of all these different elements of Superman that had existed through the years. So to me, I, that's why I'm so pissed that they basically just discarded that version and rebooted him umpteen times till now we've got this lame ass new 52 version because Amen, brother. we already had the one that people are asking for. And they well, and, fucked and it the up. other thing is that John Byrne did something for Superman that nobody's ever done before and nobody's ever done since. And I challenge you to to disagree with me on this. All right. John Byrne gave Superman a firm beginning, something that's never happened before. Yep. It's never happened since. Everything that we've gotten since then, people want to use the word reboot. Motherfucker, that's not a reboot. That's a retcon. Secret Origin is a retcon. Mm -hmm. And the, and it just kind of felt like you, DC kind of threw away this this golden opportunity. And, and you know what? For the sake of argument, let's just accept their premise. Yeah, it, maybe it was time to reboot Superman. I don't think it was, but you know, if you assume that it was – then people reboot it, all right? But this whole this whole business about retcons, you know, I don't I think a character can survive a reboot. I think that there's a limit to how many times any character can survive a retcon and I think Superman's a very good example of that right now to where after after Secret Origin, I didn't know what was in continuity, what was out. Right. And now with the new 52, I really don't know what's in continuity and what's not and it's it's just kind of a clusterfuck. I don't and it, it just kind of feels like there's an opportunity here that DC has. They, they're publishing Smallville Season 11, which at this point is The Adventures of Superman. They're publishing an actual comic book called The Adventures of Superman. And now, and they've got Superman Earth 1 and the New 52. Isn't it just a kind of a hop, skip, and a jump away to say, you know what, fuck it, we'll just – we'll uh, resurrect the, the, uh, the burn Superman, bring that one back out of mothballs. And uh, we can publish all these things. I mean, why not? Why mm -hmm. not go that just that one extra step? The amount of goodwill I think they would win from the fans is not to be underestimated. That's just my opinion. No, I, I completely agree with you. I don't understand why they don't. The only thing I can possibly think of is uh, maybe possibly they're looking at Marvel and the fact that Marvel kind of tried that. You know, they tried to have several versions of Spider-Man that exist to basically have something that would appeal to everybody. You know, you had the classic Spider-Man, you had the ultimate Spider-Man, and then you had the Spider-Man of the future that was in Spider-Girl, which was kind of a continuation of classic Spider-Man before they started to just horrendously fuck that character up with One More Day and all that sort of thing. So they tried that, and I think that it met with varying degrees of success for a very small time, and then ultimately it failed. You know, Supergirl's not there anymore, and Ultimate Spider-Man, I don't even know if it's still being published, but the last I looked wasn't even Peter Parker anymore. Yeah. So I don't know, but Superman to me is one of those characters that, I mean, it's been proven over the last 20 years, he can have multiple titles – why not, instead of multiple titles, multiple versions? Try to publish something for everybody. And I don't understand why they don't, because you've got a built-in audience with the people that were following the character up until Infinite Crisis, or not Infinite Crisis, but uh, yeah, Infinite Crisis. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm confused by the whole thing. 
you know, and whenever you try to talk to the creators about it, specifically to Dio, I just feel kind of brushed off about the whole thing. Well, you know, we want to move in a different direction. Well, your new direction has lost people, dude. Your new direction has disenfranchised vast swaths of your readership. So your new direction sucks. Yeah. Stop talking about Dan DeDio's new direction. <laughs> <laughs> well, the um, the impression that I get from a lot of these creators and editors and stuff is that there's a limit to to what sales actually matter in all of this, uh, you know, monetary success. I mean, if it's the difference between being able to publish action comics and not, they'll listen. But short of that, even if they lose, even if they hemorrhage half of their fucking readership. To me, I think what they ultimately care about is uh, egos, and they don't care oh, yes. that that John Burns was a legitimately better idea. And by the way, I think it was, but it doesn't matter that John Burns was more artistically successful or whatever else. The only thing that matters is that this this new Fifty Two version is whose idea was this? Is this George Perez or or Grant Morris or whoever? whoever's idea this was and protecting that person's ego jeff johns or whoever it's not about creating a superior product and then reaping the benefits of that it's about protecting some asshole's ego anything else i'm i'm sorry that i'm i'm not convinced they necessarily are th as concerned with uh, the the money aspect and sales and everything as as they are with uh, egos and all of that stuff it's just my opinion what i miss more than anything and and this hit me a while back what I miss more than anything about comics, specifically DC Comics, right? I miss the days where you could tell, at least with particular creators, the vast majority of them, I would argue, that they realized, they were fully conscious and aware of the facts that they were the stewards of a national icon. And I don't get that feeling anymore. I don't get the feeling that the people that are currently in charge at DC Comics that they appreciate what they have and what the character stands for. And that's a shame, you know, and you can tell by the direction that the company has taken. You can tell by the fact that, you know, all the new merchandising that's, that's coming out now, Superman's not, you know, first and forward anymore. You know, he's kind of background. He's playing second fiddle to Batman and fucking Green Lantern. You know, wh when did that happen? I've he, got a theory on that, actually. I'll, as soon as you can finish, I'll be happy to run it by you. Oh, go ahead. I think a lot of that was to do with the lawsuit. The um, the original court decision, and, and bear in mind, this was binding for a long time. Obviously, it's not the case now, but for a long time, that lawsuit meant that the point would come when Superman, as we knew him, would cease to exist. And basically, certain elements of Superman would be would be the legal property of the Siegel parasites, I mean the Siegel estate, and certain other aspects would, would be the uh, property, I think in perpetuity, for DC Comics. And so what you basically have is a situation where things like Smallville or Lana Lang, Kryptonite, the Parasite, Cat Grant, things like that belong to DC, whereas Superman himself, Clark, Krypton, things like that are property of, of the Siegels. And in, in such a case, I mean, if it was me, I would do precisely what DC did, which is position other characters to be the potential new flagship, since it looks like uh, the top banana is probably going to be going away before too long. And then 
I don't think anybody necessarily expected uh, a reversal of fortunes, but obviously it came about that they ended up winning this lawsuit. And I think that kind of accounts for the new prominence that Superman's experienced, especially in the past, I don't know, year and a half or so. It's been a very different world the past year and a half or so, and no one's going to convince me it didn't have something to do with winning that lawsuit. It's just my opinion. No, I, that's actually a very valid theory. I, I've heard bits and pieces of that before that, uh, no, it adds up. It really does. I don't know. Uh, I, you know, to this day, my my fondest hope at this point for Superman is that Disney would, uh, you know, whoever they have to back up a huge truckload of cash to, whether it's the Siegel Schuster Estates <clears throat> in D.C. or whoever, mm-hmm. and just buy that character lock, stock, and barrel, call up Brad Bird and that dude that did the little animated short on uh, YouTube and be like, here you go. This is yours now. You For know, a movie an awesome or motion or... picture. Anything. Anything. But particularly, a mo- I would love to see a movie. I would love to see a movie animated in the in the classic Disney's not a musical but just the classic Disney animated style Superman I, I I know that they could knock it out you know I know that they could deliver an awesome picture and uh, it's just a shame that you know they probably won't get that opportunity in my lifetime but you know you never know the way things are going at DC they continue you doing know. The, you know they continue heading down the path that they're heading down and it could happen. What do you mean? Uh, and I'm not trying to pick your theory apart here. I just want to make sure I understand it. Um, are you talking about the entire DC universe or just Superman, including like Superman as a comic book property? That would become Disney's ownership. I, I mean, I really only care about Superman. I love the DC universe. You know, I love the characters and everything, but I love a version of them that doesn't exist anymore and probably won't ever exist again, uh, you know, at least under the current stewardship. But ultimately, Superman's my guy. And to me, you know, much like how I consider Star Trek to be the story of James T. Kirk, all other characters aside, that was his story. It's the same way I feel about the DC universe. The DC universe begins and ends with Superman. All the other characters are cool to varying degrees, but ultimately, this is the story of Superman. That's who I care about. So if all they could get is Superman, that's good enough for me. Because, I mean, you know, look at the Superman films. It's just Superman. And it was plenty enough to entertain me. That is ultimately who I care about. So, Hmm. you know, Disney is already the steward of several, you know, properties that are dearly beloved and, and upheld and either are or are swiftly on their way to becoming you know, national icons. So why not another one? No, why not the big one or another big one? I mean, because arguably, you know, there's only a handful of of characters that stand on a certain level anyway. Mickey Mouse and Superman, two of them right there. So I would love to see them do it because I just don't, I no longer have faith that DC Comics, at least present day DC Comics, can deliver the, the the true Superman anymore? The Superman that appeals most to me and most, you know, most of my friends, most people that I know. I mean, even the people that that walked away from Man of Steel not outright hating it, most of them I still don't hear them really saying glowing things about it. Most of them, it's it's a it's a certain amount of they tried to a while like ago. Contrition, you know, it's a certain it. amount of like. 
well, yeah, you know, I would have rather had this or that, but eh, it was okay. But I don't hear anybody walking out going, wow, that was awesome. And, you know, blah, blah. And I just, I haven't heard it. They did that so, at first just to be positive or whatever, but you haven't right. heard any uh, long-term uh, awesomeness about it, you know. People mm-hmm. just go, well, I liked it, you know, whatever. I didn't gush about it. You see, it's funny, you sort of, called some of my comments, but one of the things I was very keenly aware of was the fact that this is not the version of Superman that I would have wanted to make. Mm-hmm. But I guess putting that aside, the fact of the matter is the the, ver- the Superman movie I want to make is a Superman movie that only I want to see. No one else would give a shit, I promise you. And so based on what we were given, I felt like you know it was a good movie. And so I... I just tried to extol what I thought were the virtues of that film, but it's at the same time, there is still that little parting shot that that you just made where it kind of has to be acknowledged. You know what? This is not the movie that I would have I would have wanted to see if I if I had absolute control over reality. So I guess there's that. See, that but that's the caveat I'm hearing everybody say though. That that's my point is that I, everybody I've heard say that you know talk about that movie. If they didn't outright hate it, then they always feel that need to give that little, you know, <laughs> disclaimer. Well, you know, it's not the movie I wanted, but, well, you know, it was okay. Rather than just going, you know, it was really good or it was okay or it was awesome, yeah. they they always feel the need to throw that disclaimer in there. And that, to me, is that's a big old red flag of, mm, this movie's not when it really. works, when it works, it works. If you if you had like a little Geiger counter that could measure excitement, and you sat outside, like say Avengers, and then you sat outside Man of Steel, it would be pretty clear, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't why... think there's any doubt of that. But actually, Scott, I would like to give you just a little bit of positive reinforcement here because I, I don't know why, but for some reason, people have decided that you're the poke the uh, poke the bear guy. Mm-hmm. But um. You know, I came out of that movie, and I really liked it and all that, but I I truly believe you're making the right choice not seeing it, because I don't think there's something in there for you. I really don't. I don't think that this is a movie that you would come out of feeling, you know what, that was worth the the money I spent to see it or the time I, I invested in seeing it or whatever else, I don't think there's anything there for you. So I, I think in the first 20 minutes he would have been like, hey, you know, this is kind of interesting and I could maybe get behind and then it would all be got, and then, it, you know, it would be like a little <laughs> tease. Yeah, the, the most about... I, could, I, I could see him enjoying is the Krypton sequence. And that's yeah. what? That's 15, 20 minutes? And then what? The rest of it, there, there's, right. there, there's another two hours and 10 minutes where Scott's going to want to kill somebody? Yeah. I mean... What's the point? And yeah. and the thing that kind of irritated me was that it's not like certain people are not allowed to have certain opinions. And you know, guys, I'm sorry, but you know, we we live in America at least for now. And the fact of the matter is, if somebody doesn't, do I need to listen to every single rap song in the world to realize, you know what, I don't like rap, you know? Exactly. And anyway, it's just uh, I, you know, I just I feel bad that that you went through that kind of abuse about it because when when you come right down to it. All the feelings of guilt and anger and and uh, frustration and all that stuff, all of that was about one thing, a fucking movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Am I the only one who sees a problem here? All of this over a movie? Well, yeah, well, it's, but it's a different, you know, it's a movie, 
there's there's different tiers of movies. You know, it's like Lord of the Rings or or if Lord of the Rings had like been a complete washout, you know, there would have been much more wailing and gnashing of teeth than when, you know, saw six tanks at the box office or something like that, you know. Uh-huh. There's there's expect there's a lot of expectations attached to it, so uh-huh. Well, I could yeah. sit here running my mouth about uh, yeah. Superman all day. Now, do you guys want to get into it or do you need to take a break, get a drink, go to the bathroom, anything? I'm good. No, I'm good. Okay, so then here we go in three, two, one. Wizard World Austin is upon us. From November 22nd to 24th, 2013, Austin, Texas will be kept that much weirder thanks to con appearances by Stan Lee, Mark Bagley, Neil Adams, Dennis O'Neill, Greg Land, Greg Capullo, Smallville's Erica Durance, William Shatner, Robert Rodriguez, Norman Reedus, Tombstone's Michael Rooker, Bruce Freakin' Campbell, Ralph Macchio, the one from Karate Kid, not the Marvel editor, James Hong, Smallville's James Marsters, Scott Bakula, and shitloads of others. But most importantly of all, His Excellency Trentus Magnus himself will be in attendance with his lovely girlfriend Stacy. Wizard World Austin. Because San Diego is for pussies and hipsters. Magnus here. I've got an announcement to make. Moving day is coming. I'm here to confirm that the rumors are all true. Yes, Magnus Media Enterprises Limited is being bought out by Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. Lawyers from both sides are still currently hashing out the finer details, but what this means for my loyal subjects is that Trentus Magnus, Punches Reality, will soon join up with the two true freaks podcast network, which can be found at www.2truefreaks.com. That's T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. For right now, the target launch date is November the 26th, 2013, but you never know if, when, or how things may change, but that's the plan for the moment. As a side note, I'd like to add that this move will not result in any changes in content. Additionally, there are no circumstances where I'll be laid off and the operation of Trentus Magnus Punches Reality be turned over to podcasters in India. Everything will proceed as it has been. I'll add additional details as they become available, but I'd like to thank all of you for your support, and I hope you'll continue once we've moved over to the TTF feed. Please watch the Trentus Magnus Facebook page for additional details.
And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Illogic. Foolish emotions. A constant irritant. And transparent freaks! Two! Well, I'm in the circus. <laughs> right next to the dog-faced boy. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Oh, shit. It's a super prize package worth $9,388. Money. This isn't the biggest bag over the head. Punch in the face I ever got. God damn it! Ow! Go And now, together by live simulation via the internet, your hosts, Scott Gardner. He killed a police officer for Christ's sake. Yeah, goddamn lucky he didn't kill him. And Chris Honeywell. Keep away! Keep away from me! You are physically repulsive, intellectually retarded, vulgar, insensitive, selfish. Stupid. You have no taste, a lousy sense of humor, and you smell. So you're looking at me? Yeah, because she thought you're some kind of freak. Now come on, hey, let's God, go. She likes me, eh? No way. Shut up, you freak! Julia Hughes. I say shut up! It's a man out! A man TrueFreaks.com I prowl the rooftops and alleyways at night, searching for justice. Blind justice. A guardian devil. (coughs) No, 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 that's not actually true. I'm not Daredevil, blind attorney by day and fearless crime fighter by night. No, I am J. David Weeder, a podcaster, but you can call me Dave. I do read about Daredevil and his adventures, and I podcast about it on my show, Dave's Daredevil Podcast. You see, it's it's my Daredevil, but you get it, you get it. Every Sunday, I read a Daredevil comic and share my thoughts and feelings on the issue, the characters, and the world of Marvel's Man Without Fear in an easily accessible audio form. And I want to take you along for the ride, so tune in each week as we meet Daredevil, his villains, his loves, and more hornhead goodness than you can shake a billy club at. That is every Sunday on iTunes and at www.daredevilpodcast.com. That is daredevilpodcast.com. Take the dare. Listen to Dave's Daredevil Podcast. Did I really just say take the dare? Okay, so I think that's just about the end of that. You can find the home for Trentus Magnus Punches Reality at magnus.libson.com. But that's about to change. I'm preparing to move to the Two True Freaks podcast network, and the target launch date for that is November of 2013. You can also find Trentus Magnus Punches Reality on Facebook just by searching for Trentus Magnus Punches Reality. There you can interact with your fellow listeners and also see notifications of new episodes when I put them up. You can friend me on Facebook by searching for Trentus Magnus, which on Facebook is spelled... T-R-E-N-T-U-S-S-M-A-G-N-U-S-S. 
You can email me and my parole officer at trentusmagnus at gmail.com, which is spelled T-R-E-N-T-U-S-M-A-G-N-U-S. Do you have a suggestion for a topic? Feel free to email me, and I might consider thinking about the possibility of potentially discussing whatever you have in mind someday. And that's a promise. Do you have a podcast of your own? If so, why not record a promo for me to play on my show? It's quick, easy, and can help spread the word about your show. I'm always looking for more promos to play, so keep it fairly short and yours could be next. My promos can be found at this show's homepage for those interested. Just look for the promo section. Trentus Magnus Punches Reality is copyright Magnus Media Enterprises Limited, Wisconsin Falls, California, in association with the Damanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. Hey, uh, Scott. You. Uh, before you go, um, you and I talked uh, quite a bit about uh, Superman before we actually started the official show. But one of the things I was kind of thinking about doing was dropping that sort of like as an addendum. Magnus, Gardner, and Honeywell shoot the shit about Superman for, for a little bit. Do Absolutely. You, do, you, do you have a recording of what all was said? I, I was not recording, which I should have been because I typically record a backup, but no, I was not recording. Okay, well then what I... No, I was actually... I'm glad that you recorded it because I, you know, I messaged in the, in the message box just to say, hey, is somebody recording? Because I thought we had a really good conversation going, so... Yeah, me too, and I, I don't want to see it go to waste, but at the same time, I don't want to release something that I don't have permission to, so... Right, no, I appreciate that, but no, I, I'm good with it. All right, uh, and uh, Chris, do you have any objection to that? I think he buggered off already, oh. but I can't imagine he would. Well, yeah, usually what he said was, uh, what he what he's told me in uh, messages is that if he says it, he doesn't really mind if it goes out there. But there's a difference right. between saying that, you know, in an email to somebody who sent you a message and actually, anyway. So, well, anyway, either way, like I said, thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time to do this today. You have a great rest of the day, all right? Absolutely. And thanks for inviting me. I mean, anytime you, uh, you want me on, I'm happy to join you because, like I said, I really do enjoy your show and... Uh, even when we have uh, dis, uh, disagreements or differences of opinion, I think it's a lot of fun. So, 